washed by the Lamb, my brothers again. I know my name is there. We'll do the first, second, last verse this morning. Page number 330, 346 today. My name is in the book of life. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. I rise above.
want you to come open us up in prayer, if you would, please. Thank you so much for being here this on this Sunday morning, first Sunday of our new year. Let me give you just a couple of quick requests as Dad makes his way up. I think most of you got our message yesterday. Pray for Brother Coe's family as he unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord over the weekend. Uh, I'm so glad that things that take us by surprise don't surprise the Lord. Amen. You pray for that family. I'll talk to you a little bit more about that in just a few moments. Continue to pray for Brother Johnny Martin as he recuperates from him or continues to battle uh, and recuperates from his cancer. Uh, and we've got several others that were mentioned downstairs in the Bible study prayer class. Dad, come take us to the throne of grace. Pray for the services this morning that the Lord will be marvelously blessed and glorified. Dad, pray for us. Let's bow our heads, please. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We want to thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, for all the blessings you have given upon us and taken care of us through this busy holiday season. Father, what a wonderful time it was here in church for the drama put on and for the people that accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. We're truly grateful for that. And Father, as we enter a new year, we ask you to continue to bless us and give us the incentives to keep on keeping on for you, Father. Lord, we pray that you just give us a joyful time today. Most of all, we pray that we'll be uplifting the name of Jesus. Father, we do want to remember those that was mentioned in prayer, Lord, that is sick. Lord, for Brother Coe's family, Lord, and he is going home to be with you, Father. Lord, we pray that you'll take care of the, uh, take charge of the service and be with our pastor, Lord. Let us open up our hearts and minds to accept your word, Lord. Just uh, let your will be done in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dad. You may be seated, congregation. For thousands of years, animals were slain for the sins of mankind. There would never be enough blood to cover the guilt that man had for the sins that we bore. But aren't you glad 2,000 years ago, the greatest lamb that ever was was slain? And his blood is the last blood. You listen now as the choir sings the last blood. the grave 
happening as death screams I've lost my hold angels rise in anticipation for the sun is coming home and there he comes and he's got the blood that he shed on Calvary and the Father Yeah.
Amen. We'll do one more for you this morning. I can promise that in 2019, many of us will walk through dark places of life. And I have learned in my 40 years of being a, a Christian and 18 years of pastoring that some of the sweetest things we'll ever learn are in the darkest places of life. I asked Kyla many years ago why nobody ever recorded this song, and I love what she said. Nobody likes to talk about the difficult valleys that we walk through. For us of us that are Christians, those dark places are where we learn the most about the Lord. Love to hear Ken sing this, Sweet Things Out of Dark Places.
Thank you, choir. Wonderful job, wonderful job this morning. Thank you for being back with us now on this first Sunday of 2019. Several announcements that I want to give to you. Again, most of these are in your bulletin, but we do have a few new ones in there. First of all, I will call your attention to our new Grace Network item for January, February, and March. We're part of the Grace Network that takes part in the One Church, One Item campaign. That's a tremendous blessing to our community. Helps me out personally as well uh, because I get there's not a week that goes by that I don't get phone calls from community folks looking for some assistance, and I'm able to always direct them to Grace Network, so I appreciate your help in this. Our item for this quarter is the salting crackers. We've got depositories in the back and over in the side here, and then if you're also able to pick up other items, these other items are always for all churches, so you can pick those up. We always appreciate your kindness and generosity there. I'll also call your attention to and remind you that the 2019 envelopes are available if you haven't gotten yours, please see Sister Teresa or Brother Scott. And then also a reminder that we need some folks to help out with the college meals beginning on this coming Tuesday. First couple of weeks are already taken care of, but we need four or five more folks if you would please sign up for us. Uh, You're feeding about 12 to 15 people, uh, and it doesn't have to be anything heavy. Anything light is certainly fine, uh, and it needs to be here by 6 o'clock in the teen room. Thank you for your help with that. New item uh, that's in your bulletin that's uh, something new for us. We are partnering uh, with County Line Christian Church to help with their clothes closet. Uh, That is something that Grace Network typically doesn't have a lot of for reasons you understand. Takes a lot of capacity to store clothing items. So we're partnering with uh, with, uh, County Line Christian Church. They have a clothes closet. But I want to call your attention they are looking for some very specific sizes. Uh, They work with other churches. They have plenty of the things that are not listed. But you note there the things that they are looking for. Ladies clothing sizes 2 to 8. Men clothing size 2x to 5x so if you've got any of those that you're not utilizing uh, you can uh, please put those in brother Ken's outer office or give them to Miss Leanne and uh, we will get those to County Line Christian and we certainly appreciate your kindness in that capacity Uh, a special notice there we'll have our next choir practice uh, Sunday January the 20th third Sunday of the month is our typical choir practice Sunday 445 if you're a faithful member in good standing of our church we'd love to have you let me know please I'll go over a couple things with you, uh, and then you can join us for choir practice uh, Sunday at 445. That's January the 20th, two Sundays from today. Information regarding our online directory is there, and then I want to say a big thank you to those gentlemen and ladies who came out yesterday to help uh, with the work day around the church. I appreciate so much. Uh, I was candidly blown away by how many men we had in here. In fact, when I saw all the men that we had, I went in my office and uh, worked in there and was able to cart out three trash bags full of stuff, and that was a celebration moment. Amen. Uh, I love carrying out trash. Somebody say amen. When my philosophy is when in doubt, pitch it out. Amen. Uh, so uh, thank you for all your kindness that you did yesterday uh, in that capacity. And then again, as always, if you have not part of our call network, uh, put your phone number information there, and we'll make sure to add you. A couple of other things that I want to bring to your attention. Again, uh, 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 Brother Co. of course, unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord this past weekend. Uh, two things I want to let you know about. First of all, it looks like uh, that the uh, services will be on this Wednesday. Uh, Brother Co. had all of this planned out. He had it for a couple of years now, ever since his wife, Betty, went home to be with the Lord. He read, wrote out everything that he wanted, uh, and if you know Brother Co. 
Jericho, uh, you know this won't surprise you. He wanted everything very simple. And so uh, there will be a, a visitation, it looks like, uh, this coming Wednesday from 10 until 1045 at Norris Funeral Home. And then we'll go right down the road to, uh, uh, to Roselawn for the graveside service. That was his request at 11 o'clock. Uh, he did not want a funeral celebration, so we're going to honor that. Uh, and then a second thing, uh, we're going to take some food over to the family tonight. Brother David and his wife are in from Williamsburg, other members of the family. So here's what I'm going to ask. I realize this is short notice, so anything that you can do in this capacity would help out. Uh, we're going to take tonight breakfast items. That's what they said they could use the most. So if you would, ladies and any gentlemen, if you would bring tonight, I know it's short notice, but you can run by the dollar store and grab this, juices, bars, snacks, breads, drinks, cereal packs, anything that they can use for quick breakfast or quick snack, bring that in tonight. Just bring it up here to Renee or to Susan, and as soon as services are over this evening, we're going to stop by and take that to them this evening. Then, uh, uh, fellas, I'm going to need to borrow you guys for just a second, so ushers, if I could get you all to come down for just a minute. I mentioned a few weeks ago, I'm very excited about a new ministry we're going to start in 2019, uh, and it's something that I've been praying about for a while, and I even chatted with Brother Ken about, and I was so thrilled uh, when Brother David and Sister Mary Margaret came to us and said, the Lord has laid something on our hearts, and that was a real answer to prayer. Uh, we are going to start a young adult, we're calling it young adult, college and career ministry. We do a fantastic job, but I think, with our teenagers, with our senior saints, and 2019 is going to be the year that we focus on the young adults, college and careers. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you are between the ages of 20 and 40, I want you to please stand up. If you're between the ages of 20 and 40, stand up. Fellas, if y'all would just take these, pass them around to all of these people, please. If you're between the ages of 20 and 40, look at all these folks. Give, I'm so glad we got young adults in our church. Amen. Between the ages of 20 and 40. When you got your card, you can sit down. Here's what we're going to ask you to do. We'd love for you to do it right now, but you can do it uh, anytime between now and next Sunday. I want you to put your name, just fill out the card basically, and we're going to put you on a distribution list to keep you informed of any activities. Lord willing, the first one will be the first weekend in February, weather permitting. We'll give you details about that. And some of the things that we've got planned for the year, including uh, a weekend activities, will help with child care, Lord willing. Uh, we've got lots of things, David and Mary Margaret, on the agenda. And, uh, and I say a thank you to those that have already signed up to help them. They reached out to a few adults, and they signed up to help them in that capacity as well. So, young adults, when you get this filled out, just drop it in the offering plate. We'll put them all together. Love for you to do it right now and drop it in the offering plate. But if not, put it in next Sunday's offering plate. We'll have these available again. And this is more, again, just for a distribution for us to keep you informed of all the happenings here that for our young adult ministry. So uh, let me get all of the young folks up here this morning. If you're heading to Children's Church or Junior Church, come on, make your way down. Everybody heading to Children's Church, Junior Church, come quickly. If you're visiting with us, they're going to come around, collect any loose change you got. This is our penny march. This helps support our kids and ladies programming here at the church. Take off, young folks. children's church this morning. My apologies. Third grade and below, you're going to stay out here with us this morning. My apologies for that. A little bit of confusion. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth, you'll be heading out. 
fourth, fifth, and sixth are heading out. First through third are going to stay in here this morning. My apologies for that, folks. My confusion. First through third are staying in here this morning. Brother Scott, you come get ready to sing for us. Make your way down this morning. Brother Scott, come get ready to sing for us. Thank you, folks, for your kindness and generosity. You be obedient unto the Lord with tithes and offerings. Thank you so much as always. I love to hear Brother Scott sing. I tell him all the time when I get to heaven, I'm going to sound just like him. And when I sing in the shower, I sound just that good. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to worship you with tithes and offerings. Lord, we count it a privilege as you've told us plainly in your word to give back that portion with which you've blessed us. Lord, uh, we, we, we read that you love a cheerful giver. And Lord, thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to, to give to you that which you've blessed us out of the abundance. Lord, bless Brother Scott as he sings now in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, many of you probably are glad you survived all the Christmas songs and all, but uh, I wasn't able to sing this one uh, during the Christmas season. I had several requests and... Uh, to sing it, and uh, you know, so a lot, and a lot, a lot, a lot of Christmas carols. If you really, if you really look at the words, or it could be sung any time during the year. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. So, Mary, did you know? Yes. Mary, did you know that your baby boy? One day walk on water, Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you've kissed your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Oh, Mary, did you know? The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of 
Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy was heaven's perfect lamb? And this sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Yeah. Amen. Let's all stand together one more time. Page 150 in your red book. We'll do uh, The Dearest Friend I Ever Had, page 150, the first verse and chorus, and we'll fellowship a while, page number 150 this morning. When I was drifting out in sin, I had no peace, no joy within, but Jesus came and made me glad. He's the dearest friend I've ever had. He saved my soul. Oh, bless his name. I'll never forget the day he came. He makes me glad. 
though we kept the little ones in this morning, it was un unexpected. So up here at the front, uh, we've got a couple of activity bags for them. Uh, if when we, sh well, real quickly, when we'll do the fellowship, excuse me, the uh, missions offering, uh, if they want to come up and grab them, I know that it can be a little challenge to keep them interested during the services. So that gives you just an opportunity to do that. Uh, and you can let them run up and grab them here in just a second. Fellas, make your way down if you would. First Sunday of the month is Mission Sunday. Thank you for your faithfulness and, uh, and, and, and being so good and giving for our missions. Lord will bless you marvelously for that. I want, to, uh, I want you to give as generously as you possibly can. This allows us to put nearly 4000 a month in missions, and I say this every month. In addition to what you give, uh, we put in 13% of tithes and offerings to missions. Lord, bless the offering, and thank you for every missionary that we're able to support in Christ's name. Amen. Psalm 92 this morning, if you would, please. Psalm 92. While you're turning there, I want to remind you that tonight we return uh, back to our regular evening schedule. Uh, services tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, again, for the last few weeks, a couple of months actually, our Sunday evening services were dedicated to drama practice, but we return to our regular schedule and I am extremely excited tonight because I'm going to kick off a new series uh, that I've spent several weeks putting together entitled Claiming Spiritual Victory. Claiming Spiritual Victory. I see so many Christians who walk around and seem to be so unhappy and so miserable in their salvation. And I'll just remind us that God didn't save us to be miserable. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I don't believe that just because you get saved does mean you, doesn't mean you're never going to have problems. You're going to be loaded down with them. But I am also glad that God gives us spiritual victory. And so we will be looking at passages throughout the book of Joshua that are dedicated to claiming spiritual victory. We'll look at uh, tonight, chapter 1, but we'll talk about passages that you're familiar with. Rahab, we'll talk about Caleb. We'll talk about the wall of Jericho. We'll talk about Ai. Uh, all of these things that are so beautifully typifying what it means to live in victorious Christian life. So I encourage you to be with us tonight. We'll start at 6 o'clock. Psalm 92 is where we are this morning. I'm just going to read one verse of Scripture, verse number 12. If you found your place, say amen. Let's read it together. Psalm 92, verse number 12. The righteous shall flourish, flourish like the palm tree. It's the last clause here that I want to take a look at. He shall grow 
like a cedar in Lebanon. The righteous, goodness, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. This week on Tuesday night, or Monday night rather, as we enjoyed our uh, uh, watch night service at, Way- at Wayside Baptist. There were eight preachers who preached, some other five or six who were there, 13, 14 preachers there that evening. And during the break, there's a mid-evening break, one of the preachers came up to me and uh, candidly just began bragging on our church and how the Lord had blessed our church and how our church had become so, in, in his words, so important in our community. And he said the following statement to me. He said, Pastor Greg, Stanley Town's Amazing Grace Baptist has become a cedar in Lebanon in this community. That's the third time in the last two years that a preacher or someone, uh, two of the three were preachers, the other one was a normal person, (laughs) (laughs) said to me or compared our church to a cedar in Lebanon. When he said that to me Monday night, It was like the Holy Spirit smacked me upside the head and said, uh, you need to pull out that old, old sermon. It's a sermon that I had from many, many years ago that talks about what it means to be a cedar in Lebanon. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. And we're so thankful for the opportunity to read the simple passage of Scripture and be reminded, Lord, that the righteous shall indeed flourish. Lord, that doesn't mean that we're going to have tons of money. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have troubles and cares and sorrows, but it does mean, Lord, that you're going to be an ever-present help in a time of need. Lord, it does mean that the child of God is ever-present with the Lord Jesus Christ and clasping the hands of the one that holds this universe into place. Lord, as we dive into the message this morning, I pray that you'd empower us to preach it. Lord, may you use the message to be a blessing to the hearers today. We'll thank you and we'll praise you in Christ's name. Amen. I will preface my comments this morning by telling you candidly that the message today is indeed for the righteous. That doesn't mean it's for those that are perfect because there is none of those. Say amen. Not a one of us. But it does mean that the message this morning is entitled or intended for the church. Those that are born again, blood-bought in the family of God. I'll pause a moment and say, if that doesn't describe you, we can get that fixed before the end of the day. In fact, I would encourage you not to walk out of here until you know that thing is settled. That you're part of the family of God. That you're part of the bride of Christ. But once you're in, God saves us and transforms us and changes us and protects us and provides for us in a way that is nothing short of incredible. Most of you know that our Bible, precious book beginning to end, 66 books, multiple authors, all with the same theme. It's all about Jesus Christ. And our book is divided, our Bible is divided into multiple parts. There's the Pentateuch, the first five. Then you've got the books of history. You've got the major prophets, the minor prophets, the gospels, the Pauline letters, the prophecy. And then you come to a section in the middle of the Old Testament that are the poetic books. Job, Psalms, Solomon, uh, Song of Solomon, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. In the original language, these are all books of poetry. 
You also understand that Psalms is not one book, but is in fact five books. As you're flipping through Psalms, your Bible will likely say book one, book two, book three, because these were literally books of poetry. In many cases, songs that were sung, kind of, sort of like we think of a hymn book today, although not quite. Songs that were sung by the Jews at different times. And in this particular case, this this, this particular psalm encompasses what we think of as poetic language. Let me pause a moment, give you a 30-second English literature lecture. In any type of poetry, in any type of, of, of poetic language, uh, you will have imagery. You will have language that compares one thing to another. Similes and metaphors. And, and in, throughout the Bible, uh, the, the poetic books are couplets. Let me give you again. Pardon me for giving you background, but I want you to understand it. What's a couplet? Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. That's a couplet. Two thoughts that are put together into one verse. In all of the poetic books, Song of Solomon, Psalms, Proverbs, they're all composed of couplets. Every verse is a couplet. Usually they're separated by a semicolon, a comma, a period, but it's two thoughts that are put together in one verse. When you look at what we just read, you'll see that again you've got two thoughts here. Look with me, verse number 12, again one more time. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. That's thought number one. Then you've got thought number two. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. You put those two, ver- those two parts together, you got one verse that make up this couplet. What does all of that mean? Well, here's what I want you to understand. The word grow literally means to flourish. It means to prosper. And so when you begin to think about, or when I began to think about, especially after this preacher said to me that our church is a cedar of Lebanon in this community, what does that mean? What does that entail? And so as I have done in the past, I went to a science book, uh, especially an Israel science book that talks about some of the botany and some of the flowers and plants and trees and shrubs and all that good stuff that grows in the promised land. And I specifically went to look up what it means uh, for a cedar tree. What do they look like? Uh, What do they typify? Uh, What are they about? Uh, Because after all, uh, the righteous, uh, in this case in the Old Testament, but for us that means the saved, uh, the righteous are compared to a cedar tree. Why not an evergreen? Why not a conifer? Why not an oak tree? Why not uh, some other kind of tree? What is specific or special about a cedar tree that makes it such that we are compared to a cedar? Not surprisingly, the more I read, the more I was blown away. Every time I stumble upon something like this, I marvel at the depths of God's Word. The more you know, the more you realize you don't know. The more you uncover, the more you realize there's more to uncover. So I want to look this morning and give you this idea, becoming a cedar. What it means to become a cedar. I'll perhaps surprise you to tell you that there are in fact four different varieties of cedar trees that grow in Israel. Four different kinds of cedar trees. And I want to challenge you this morning. When you walk out of here, I hope you will have identified with one of the four. Hear me what I'm about to say. Our church needs to be full of these kinds of trees. Our church needs to proliferate and be full of this kind of tree population because when it says the righteous shall flourish like a cedar tree or like a cedar of Lebanon, there's an important underscore to that statement. So I'll give you four this morning very quickly. Number one, 
The first thing that I discovered is that the most populous or most prolific kind of cedar tree in Israel is what is identified as the little cedar, the little cedar tree. Well, why is it called leader, little, Pastor Greg? I want you to understand that its size dictates its name. The little cedar, pardon me for reading, but I need to do so. The little cedar is very small but very impressive. It's important. It's so named because it wasn't very tall. You see, the little cedar is small but used for several things. It's in the Bible used for fence posts, in the tabernacle, studying in the walls, ceilings, and even furnishings in the temple. When you look at a little cedar tree, it is much like you'd find the pine trees in our forest today. Though they can grow tall, uh, the little cedar is so named uh, because it's small in size, uh, but yet despite its small size, uh, it is incredibly important uh, to the Jewish economy. Here was my favorite thing. And again, pardon me uh, for having to read, but I want to make sure I quote this directly out of the book that I read. There's something very interesting about the little cedar. When one goes out to get them, he cuts them down and piles them on a cart. It is not necessary, listen now, for the little cedar to be tied with a cord or a rope. One can just pile them on a cart and they will stay there. Old oxen go down roads, around curves, across potholes, but not a single cedar will fall off the cart. Why? Because the bark of the little cedar submits a resin on the outside that is the perfect consistency for these other cedars to simply cling to it like glue. Can I pause a moment and tell you that consistency and that kind of stickability ought to define Christians today? I listen to far too many pastors. In fact, when you put some preachers together, it's not long until they're beginning to commiserate a little bit. And I listen to far too many pastors who talk about uh, how they seem to spend all of their times uh, chasing after the little cedars that just won't stay on the cart. Chasing after those uh, who seem uh, to fall off. Uh, Chasing after those uh, who seem to get angry. Uh, Can I pause just a moment and say, uh, God give us little cedars who will stick it out. Uh, God give us some little cedars uh, who will stick together. Uh, Can I pause a moment and say, uh, when the going gets rough, uh, we need some little cedars who will stand right there with us. uh, Stick to us and help us get through the obstacles of life. Number one's a little cedar. Number two, let me pause a moment and say, little cedars are small in size, but man, are they ever important. Man, do they ever have an important function. The fencing, the, the, the posting, uh, the ceilings uh, in the tabernacle in the wilderness uh, and other parts of the temple uh, were all composed uh, of these little cedars that are incredibly important. Number two, and I will tell you that I never heard of this before, and the more I read, the more excited I got. Number two, uh, there's a fire cedar. A fire, F-I-R-E, cedar. Why is it so named? I'm glad you asked. The fire cedar gets its name because it is saturated with a very oily sap and highly flammable. In fact, in most parts of Israel, the shepherd uses a fire cedar to lamp, to light a campfire at night because it would ignite and spark and burn almost indefinitely whereas other woods uh, would would flame up and then flame out uh, the fire cedar uh, secretes a resin uh, that simply uh, burns and burns and burns and I read one thing this kind of blew my mind uh, that even when it gets damp uh, the fire cedar uh, because the amount of resin that it secretes uh, still burns uh, even in damp moist conditions 
don't know about you, but I like that. Can I pause a moment and say, we need some fire seeders in church today. We need some fire seeders uh, who come in saturated uh, with the Holy Ghost, uh, full of God, and ready to just come in and worship. Don't misunderstand me. I know our personalities are all different. I know we all like different things. We're all made up of different capacities and different characteristics. I've said it a thousand times. That's the reason God made chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry ice cream. Because we're all different. There are some who like chocolate. There are some who like vanilla. There are some who like strawberry. And then there are those of us who like all of it. Amen. That's the reason we're all so very different. But would you hear me this morning? Church is a place where we light up the oil of God that dwells within us. Our worship experience is such that we come in, tuned into God, turned on to God, and we worship the God of this heaven. Fire cedar. Number three this morning. Number one, the little cedar. Number two, the fire cedar. Number three... The humming cedar. The humming cedar. Again, a type of cedar that does not grow in the American climate, yet one that proliferates in Israel. Humming cedar got its name because of the way the leaves are shaped on the humming cedar. When the winds blow, especially in the evening, the humming cedar, because of its bell shaped leaves will literally give off a melodious humming sound. Think about that for a second. Because of the bell-shaped leaves, you can Google this. I looked at it myself. The branches and the leaves are beautiful to look at. Because of the way the leaves are shaped, the conical nature of the humming cedar, when wind begins to blow through them, they give off a beautiful humming sound. In fact, the book that I read, this is a bit of legend, but I like it. It said that the legend years ago was that King David would tune his harp by the humming cedar. They make such a beautiful sound. And here's what I love. The harder the wind blows, the louder the hum gets. (laughs) The harder the wind blows the louder and more beautiful the humming gets. The louder the music comes out. When when really bad storms pop up, thunder claps, the winds blow, and the humming cedar just hums even louder. In fact, some one commentator read said if you're around a bunch of humming cedars in the middle of a storm, it almost sounds eerily happy like somebody is, quote, singing through the storm. Amen. Like, amen. Like, don't you love it when non-safe people give you something to shout about? <laughs> that, that it almost sounds like uh, when you're surrounded by humming cedars uh, that, that somebody is singing through the storm. I said it a moment ago, uh, there's much that I cannot promise you in 2019, but here's what I can promise you. You're going to go through storms. You're going to go through trials. Uh, You're going to go through tribulations. Uh, You're going to go through fires. Uh, God, give us some humming cedars uh, that won't quit in the storm, uh, that will sing through the storm, uh, that will stand up and say, I don't know why I'm facing this, uh, but I place my hand in the one who's got it already figured out. Fire cedar. The little cedar. The humming cedar. But I want to spend 
the rest of the time this morning on what is number four, the cedar of Lebanon. The cedar of Lebanon, also referred to as the tall cedar. We've got the little cedar. We've got the humming cedar. We've got the, the, the fire cedar. But I want to spend the rest of our time talking about the tall cedar. The cedar of Lebanon. Why is it called this? Well, it won't surprise you that it gets its name from its size. Go home and read 1 Kings chapter number 7. And you'll see how the cedar of Lebanon was utilized to help build Solomon's temple. You'll see how the cedar of Lebanon was so prominent in that beautiful structure that was the temple of Solomon. It gets its name because sometimes it will grow to 80 or 90 feet tall. That makes the tall cedar impressive because of its height. But the tall cedar uh, wasn't just impressive because of its height. It was impressive because of its shape. Hear me what I'm about to say. You see, Lebanon is a desert environment, church. Lebanon is hot. Lebanon is dusty. Lebanon, there's not a lot of water. And so the other vegetables, the other trees, the other plant life, listen now, are dependent upon the tall cedar to provide the necessary shade for the other plants to survive. Here's what the scholar said. If something happens and the tall cedar falls, all the other trees and vegetation around it and under it will die. If something happens and the tall cedar falls, then everything around it or under it will die. Why? Because the tall cedar provides shade. The tall cedar provides sustenance. The tall cedar's very survival is deeply impressive. But it gets even better. When you look at the tall cedar, from the outside, the only thing you see is 80, 90 feet in height. What you don't see is the root structure underneath. And here's what I read. It is double the size of the outward tree. Unbelievable. 80 or 90 feet this way, double that root structure spreading out all around it. And, and, and the commentator said this, I'm going to paraphrase, uh, but, but the tall cedar would never survive uh, without that deep structure. Here's what he said. In order to reach those kind of heights, you got to have that kind of depth. In order to grow to that size, uh, you are absolutely, the tall cedar is dependent uh, upon that size root structure. Can I pause a moment, church? One of the reasons I'm convinced that so many uh, in our walk today, uh, in our faith today, uh, don't seem to stick it out is their roots aren't just deep enough. Their roots just don't go deep enough. Uh, hey, church, uh, it does not say uh, that those uh, who know the Lord will flourish. It says the righteous will flourish. Uh, and can I pause a moment and say uh, that in order to be used of God, uh, in order to be blessed of God, uh, in order to flourish in God's economy, we need a deep root structure uh, that digs daily deep into the Word of God you hold in your lap. Size, structure, it's survival. But then I also want you to note about this tall cedar, its stability. Again, I'd like to quote, if I may. Author says, the results would be catastrophic. If you tried to take a tall, heavy cedar and support it with a five-foot taproot, it would not last one winter night. It would simply blow over. 
Can I remind you folks? Hear me what I'm about to say. God has no intention of keeping the winds calm in our life. Let me say that again. Because it doesn't fit with modern popularity preaching today. God is not in the business of making sure we have no winds. In fact, uh, you come here on a Wednesday night or you're downstairs in my Bible study school on a Sunday morning and you listen to the prayer requests that get uttered by God's people and the winds of this world blow hard. And I'll pause a moment and say, uh, if we've not got that deep structure, uh, then the winds of this world will surely topple us. Let me go on. Because it's survival, it's strength is only superseded by its source. I'll remind you, Lebanon is a desert environment. Why does it need 180 to 200 feet of root structure? Why does it need to be so deep? One simple idea. It is searching for water. You see, you know this already. Plants have to have liquid moisture. They have to have water to survive. It is of the utmost importance, especially in a desert environment. The source of that structure, of that support, is so deep that it literally has to grow to tap into the water. Here's what the commentator said, or rather what the author said. Once that cedar taps into water, it will simply grow and grow and grow. In fact, his, his exact words, uh, once it taps into a strong water source, uh, it is seemingly no limit to the height that the cedar of Lebanon will grow. Give shade to all the trees around it. Why? Because it's tapped into the water. It gives life uh, to all the trees around it. Why? Because it's tapped into the water. It supports the life around it. Why? Because it's tapped into the water. Here's where I want to stage at just 30 seconds if you'll hear me, church. When you begin to read about this, it is a tremendous compliment for our church to be called a cedar of Lebanon in this community. Thank God that we have a, 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 a beautiful facility. Thank God that we've got a house full of people. Thank God that we've got people that love the Lord. But would you hear me? Those are not the things that make us a cedar of Lebanon. It's not the size of the building. It's not the size of the congregation. It's not the size of the offering. Thank God we need all of that. But you hear what I'm about to say. The thing that I think makes us, and God's willing will continue to make us, a cedar of Lebanon in this community is that we're tapped into the right water source. We're, hell man, we're tapped in to the right source of water. I believe that we're in a spiritually desert environment, church. We're living in an environment where people are craving a little bit of God. And so we when they come around us, uh, God willing, may they find exactly what their hearts desire. Fire cedar. We need them. Little cedars. We need them. Humming cedars. We need them. Tall cedars. We need them. Here's the part that blessed me the most and I'm done. There's one thing that unites all four species and not surprisingly it's the thing that unites every species of cedar you may say preacher it's its beautiful smell I have to tell you I love the smell of cedar there is there are few things in this world that are as breathtakingly beautiful in its smell than cedar it is unmistakable 
But what you may not know is that different species of cedar smell differently. I didn't know it. The fire cedar, and this is just in Israel, has a stronger, more pungent smell uh, than does the tall cedar. Uh, every single one of them smell just a little bit differently. So though we're very familiar with that smell, uh, it is not the cedar smell that is so uniform. What is it? What unites them all? Not just the foreign Israel, but every species of cedar. Cross it in half. A subsection. Take out a slice of cedar. And you'll see running down the middle of every single cedar tree is a column of red. I have goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Running down the middle of every single cedar is a thick core of red. Amen. Can I pause just a moment, church, and state what is the obvious? The thing that unites us this morning is not our family, is not our background, is not our size, is not our home, is not our education. We could not be more different from one another. But the thing that unites us this morning is that core of red that runs down the middle of every believer. That thing on the inside that makes us so common is that, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Interestingly, I read that it was that core of red that gives off the cedar smell. Didn't know that. That's the reason that the outside doesn't smell as good as the inside. Amen. It just gets better. I just love, the more I read this kind of stuff, I think these people can't be saved. I love it. The, 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 the outside, if you were to scratch the bark of a cedar tree, you don't get much whiff of anything. But when you get on the inside and you take a whiff, you realize how beautiful the cedar is. When you get on the inside, you begin to realize that it is that inside that makes the cedar so valuable, makes the cedar so unique. And here's what I love. The bigger the core, the better the smell. Amen. The bigger that red center, the better the smell. I'm reminded what the Old Testament says, that a, that a sanctified life is sweet-smelling savor to the nostrils of God. You hear me this morning. Yes, we need tall cedars. And yes, we need small cedars. And yes, we need humming cedars. And yes, we need fire cedars. But the thing that unites us all is that deep-seated core of red that runs through every belief. So the next time somebody looks at me, says, Pastor Greg, your church is a cedar of Lebanon in this community. Here's what I'm going to be reminded. We need every kind of us making up the church. Every one of us. I say to you this morning, if you're a little cedar and you're getting the job done, give it 110%. If you're a fire cedar coming in ignited for the things of God, give it 110%. If you're a humming cedar, and by the way, we all ought to be. Somebody that homes through the storms of this life, give it 110%. God give us some tall cedars who are tapped into the water source of God. Who understand that what they're doing is protecting those around. I'll pause this morning and ask you, and I'll conclude by asking you something a little selfish. Heard me say it a few times, but I'm selfishly going to say it again. When you're praying in 2019, when you're bowing your head in prayer, can I implore you 
to pray for the pastor and the leadership of this church. I'm not asking you to pray for Greg Hodges. But I am asking you to pray for the pastor of this church. Because when a tall cedar falls, the life around it dies with it. We've seen what happens in this community when a tall cedar gets caught up in scandal. We've seen what happens in this community when a tall cedar makes a mess. I'm convinced, you hear me, I'm convinced that there are people who will never go to heaven because of mistakes that tall cedars make. Pray for the leadership of this church. And while you're praying for that, pray for the little cedars of this church. They're the heroes. Pray for the fire cedars of this church. Pray that we all become humming cedars. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Thank you for your attention, for your kindness. Nobody's looking this morning. Heads bowed and eyes closed. We're not going to have a long invitation. <clears throat> if you're here this morning, I'm going to ask you just a simple, simple question. You're here this morning and God spoke to you about drawing closer to Him. Drawing strength from Him. No matter your function, no matter your role, you want God to help you. Or maybe there's a situation that you or your family are dealing with that you know all about right now. And you want to step out and come to this altar this moment. There are folks who've already moved. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Folks have already moved this morning. Would you come? Would you step out? Would you come this morning? Wow, so many folks are already moving. Thank you so much. Now I want to ask you a second question. Second question. You're here this morning and I said at the beginning this message was for the saved. You're here today and you've never been saved. Never been born again. You don't know that heaven would be your home. You'd like for me to pray for you. Nobody's looking. Would you just lift that hand up, whether you're at the altar or in the pew? Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure I'm saved. Anyone this morning? Father, bless the invitation. May it be what you'd have it to be. That's Brother Ken as he sings in Christ's name. One verse, Brother Ken, would you sing for us this morning?
sure don't take for granted how you still convict hearts and Lord how you still move in our midst we praise you for that Lord I pray that you'd be the great physician the great comforter doing the work that only the Spirit of God can do Lord I pray that you would just do the work that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary by drawing us closer to you this morning Lord I said already we don't take for granted that you still show up in our midst Lord thank you for all that you've done in our congregation this morning in Jesus' name, sing that chorus one more time and we'll be dismissed. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Sing it with us all over. Most of you know Dr. Lois Evans. She's been with us for a few months now, and she's come down this first Sunday of 2019 to join our congregation, saved and baptized. Uh, so uh, all in favor, if you'll say aye, aye, come around and shake her hands, give her the right hand of fellowship this morning. Let her know you love her and going to be praying for her. Don't forget, 6 o'clock tonight, back in our midst, uh, and we'll celebrate this evening with enjoying Christian victory. Brother Ken dismisses in prayer fellowship this morning. Brother Ken. Heavenly Father, God, we are thankful, Lord, for this challenge you brought to our pastor this morning, God, and reminding us how we need to be cedars in this life that we live, Lord. And Father, live a godly example, Lord, that's only been made possible through you. Father, thank you for this woman coming to join our church this morning. And God, I'm still thankful, Lord, you're doing work in God's people, Lord, and in the lost world as well. Father, continue to use us, Father, as a lighthouse in this community. Father, may we still continue to see souls saved here. And Father, people added to our church, Lord, weekly and daily. And Father, what a great privilege it is just to be able to assemble together in God's house and worship your holy name, Lord, and get prepared, God, to go out and fight the devil all week long. Lord, I pray, God, you give your people strength. Help us to be a good testimony in this world. Father, thank you once again for this message. God, we sure do love you this morning. Thank you for loving us first. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen.